0: Relax and strap it down. And the sunlight hurts my eye. something without warning, there's heavy on my mind. Welcome to the Strap It Down podcast. This is Suds. I'm here with Davy P. Just us two today, Schwabi. Unfortunately couldn't make it, but we're doing a live session today. We're watching game four White Sox Tigers of the four game set. We're currently losing two to nothing. Drew Hutchinson's Mona's down and just struck out Luis in the bottom of the fourth. Huge game for us today. We need we need to salvage the series. We gotta split with them two two. There's no doubt about it. Last time we chatted on the podcast, it was Schwab and myself. It was the going into our 15-game stretch with the AL Central that we talked about before. Starting off the home series with the Twins, went one and two against the Twins. We'll talk a little about that more. And then started off the four game set with the Tigers, dropped the first two, won a night had a nice easy win yesterday behind Johnny Cueto, eight scoreless, and now we're here today in game four, which we just we got to come back and win. It's absolutely huge. Pagone, I'm gonna pass it back to you I want to start with that series against the twins where we went one and two what what were your thoughts on that series with the twins at home this past week
1: well Nikki legs happy
0: Sunday sir congratulations on baby girl thank you for the the listeners out there we had baby number three baby girl number three on Wednesday and of course that was the only win against the twins during the week but we had to salvage a win on that day, day that my baby was born, but much, I'll pass, I'll pass it back to you. What were your thoughts on that series with the Twinkies?
1: Uh, it was a little, a little disheartening. Um, Cueto, you know, stuck to his guns and, and really brought uh, his A game to say the least. And right now it seems like Cueto's kind of the heart of our pitching staff. Uh, yeah. We have Lynn back. Cease C- is throwing hard. Kopech looks like he's, he's a little shaky coming back You know, every, every outing, there's some issue on the mound. Um, But as far as the twin series goes, um, you know, we we hit the ball well. Um, It's nice to see everybody back in the lineup full. You know, Eloy showed a little life. Um, We're going to see some growing pains with him coming back. Um, Obviously, I wanted to sweep the twins, but we're within five. I think we're five even right now coming into a, a, a big series here with the Indians. But as far as uh, the twin series goes, it could have been worse. But at the same time, you know, we always want to sweep.
0: Yeah, that so you made a good point. Johnny Cueto, just the heart and soul of the pitching staff. That first game against the Twins. We we should have got the W. So that was the triple play game. If you guys remember, it was two to two. And so I think we were down two nothing. It was bottom seven and the White Sox tie it. And then. We got two guys on, nobody out, and then for whatever reason, <laughs> everybody forgets how to play baseball. Moncada gets a huge hit. He gets a huge hit to tie the game, and then naturally <laughs> makes a, a bonehead play right after on the footsteps of Adam Angle for what God knows why was not tagging at second on the play. Just, just took the absolute life out of us, and then later in that game, we we see Liam back, which was a huge pick me up for the team. I think he struck out the side. Was pitching in the eighth, which was an interesting call by Tony. Yeah, um, gave gave the team some life. We get into extra innings to the top of the tenth, and then you know the wheels fall off. I think they put up a four spot. We end up losing in ten. And Joe that was tough. Joe Kelly just
1: Joe Kelly just fell apart in front of our eyes. I think he is the. I think he is like the epitome of self destruction in a nutshell. Um, he's his own worst enemy because when he's on and he's got his swagger and confidence in the bump, he's one of the best relievers in the game. And, you know, I was never a big believer in, in his abilities is, is considering a top closer, a top reliever, just because there's a, a a lot of ta- a lot of talent out there. Um, but when he is dialed in, man, he is he's very impressive. And, and if, if if he's not going to bring us into the playoffs, then he's going to be a great trade bait.
0: I think they bring in some talent, but you know, we'll we could dive into that. So Joe Kelly, the guy, his stuff is nasty. I mean, it's, yeah. it's pretty clear when he, he's got it, he's got a live fastball, his slider. I don't know if it's a slider or a curve, but it's got a ton of movement on it. And I think that works against him a little bit because he can't control it. And he ends up getting behind all these hitters. I mean, and we've seen it, you know, with Kelly, with the walks, he, he loses command a little bit and then the inning steam rolls on him and I at this point, I mean, what do you do with Joe Kelly? He he had the bad inning earlier in the week, and then against the Tigers, he had another terrible inning meltdown on Friday's game, which if he just keeps us close, we probably come back and win that game. I, what do you do with Joe Kelly at this point? Do you put him on the IL for a quick stint on the injured list? Maybe create a fake injury?
1: I don't know. I mean, the way we're trending, sending everyone down for a couple games into AAA and then bringing them back up seems to be uh – Kind of a, a chip on the shoulder. I mean,
0: considering the way that these some of these guys are hitting. So I said, I said this, or I tweeted it from the account from the guys that did the AAA stint. So listen to this: you you got Gavin Sheets. We sent him down, right? He did a quick stint in AAA, comes back up, he starts raking. Jake Berger earlier in the year gets sent down for a quick stint and AAA comes back up, starts raking. That's when he went on that streak where he was unconscious and he, he was carrying the, the team offensively. Sebi Zavala, this guy, he's been a revelation this year, spent most of the time in AAA this year, was probably the best hitter on the Charlotte Knights, comes up and he's been dominating. Yeah. And then the last guy, Danny Mendick. Danny Mendick starts the year in AAA and he comes up and he basically was... Performing at the level of Tim Anderson when Tim Anderson was on the IL. I mean, it, it, I don't know what they're doing down in AAA and the hitting coach. I mean, maybe we got to give that guy a look and bring him back up. I, I think with Joe Kelly, I like what you said uh, create, cr- create a fake injury with the guy and, and let him work it out on a rehab stint in Charlotte. I, I mean, what are we going to do with this guy? You can't trot him out. Yeah. You, you can only trot him out in a blowout.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, a guy of that caliber. Um, with his rap sheet. I don't know if you could send him down. You know, that's almost to me, that's almost like sending down uh, the a of Chapman or, or from a White Sox stake, you know, Jose Abreu or Tim Anderson. You, there's certain guys you just can't send down. Um, although I'm sure the triple A, the Knights would love to have him in the, in the, uh, in the dugout for a while. I'm sure. There's a lot of amusement there, but um, you know, as far as Joe Kelly goes, you, you don't want him to take it personally. Um but yeah, maybe send him to Mexico for a week and let him hang out and
0: drink some mai tais. <laughs> send him on vacation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think that'll be good for him. Have him clear his head a little bit. Um,
1: no, but as far as as, as far as goes, man, I don't know. This guy's been bouncing around for a while now, and he, he's betting four twenty nine since he came back. Um, if if we could have someone like him in the bottom of the order, seven eight nine, with that kind of that kind of uh, spark plug. I think it would be good for our team, as you know. I think hit, I think hitting is contagious, but we definitely need
0: a spark in that bottom half of the lineup. Yeah, and Sebi's been the spark. So I was talking about this with the Schwab. If you look at the the swing plane of Sebi Zavala, when he's up next, just look at his swing. It's He's got a nice uppercut swing. I, I think that he totally revamped his swing since the last time he was up in Chicago, and it's, it's paying dividends. When he hits the ball hard, he's hitting the ball in the air. He's finding gaps. I, I think the White Sox need to take a long, hard look at how he's swinging the bat because right now we just have way too many guys that hit ground balls. It's ground ball after ground ball. Schwab loves it, loves pointing this out. He, he's a big launch angle guy. Yeah. And he's right. I mean, we, we just have way too many guys that hit ground ball. like. Tim Anderson, he's an unbelievable hitter, but he's a ground ball. I mean, he, he has a high ground ball rate. Jose Abreu, not a big launch angle guy, hits the ball on the ground. Aloy Jimenez. You could go down the list. I think an, you just make that slight adjustment, and all of a sudden, you're hitting the ball out of the
1: ballpark. Or you mentioned you know, we should dive into the hitting coach down in AAA and see what he's got, what what they're drinking
0: down there. Well, what, <laughs> what are they drinking down there? Because they're all. I mean, it's. I don't know, man. It. it Is it a coincidence that all these guys are coming up and they seem to have found something when they go down to Charlotte and then they're immediately producing at the major league level? I I don't know, man. Something I think we got to look into. But I want to go back to this twin series because we dropped game one, which was an absolute heartbreaker. And at that point in time, I think we were, for the season, we were one in nine against the twins and the guardians combined. Yeah. Which... You know, if those are the two teams in front of you in the division, you just can't you can't start the year one and nine in the first ten games against them. I think we were five back at that time, maybe five and a half after five that first loss of the twins. If you just split with the twins and and there were a couple games earlier in the year that we just absolutely gave away. So if you remember against the twins, it was the first series in Minnesota. We were up by one. It was the bottom of the eighth, and the defense made like three errors. That was when we were throwing the ball around. They basically scored on a like an inside-the-park little league home run because we made two throwing errors on the same play. So that's one easy one that you would have got. If you just play fundamental defense, that's an easy win that you get. The other game, this one wasn't against the Twins, but it was against the Guardians. The White Sox are up six going into the top of the ninth. It was the Josh Naylor game. Somehow Naylor hits the grand slam. It, if Josh Naylor played the White Sox every game in in 2022, the guy would be the MVP. Absolutely. So you blow that, a six-run lead. And, and not only did we blow that game in, in the, the six-run lead in the ninth, but there was opportunities in extra innings that all we needed to do was take a walk with the bases loaded. Or Moncada, I think, jumped out of a few where if he just leans into one, we get the win. Yeah. But that's another one. So that's two right there. And then the third one is a triple play game. And and these are like, it, so at the end of the day, you're almost like three innings away. If you take those three games, the, it changes everything in the division. I think we'd probably only be one or two out because that gives you a couple wins. That gives the Twins two loses, two losses. That gives the Guardians one loss. It's just, it, it's for how bad we have played, if you just play a decent three innings there, <laughs> the White Sox are back in this thing.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, as far as the big picture goes, you just described the White Sox season in a nutshell. I mean, there is yeah. three, two, three series where it's like, hey, if we would have just took two or three or three or four and we didn't, we avoided a couple injuries or bonehead mistakes, throwing the ball around, um, you know, something simple as is batting a couple guys in the order. It's like, why are we doing that? We would be right in the thick of things. I mean, we would be one, two games, one, two, three games out. Um, you know, and I feel like that's just the the White Sox in a nutshell this year. And I'm hoping that after the all-star break, we could kind of get everybody back in line and, and keep moving forward
0: together. Yeah. We got to get a little momentum. And speaking of momentum, Kopech just threw a nice double play. So you you get five from Kopech today, which is huge because you could tell that he's been struggling a little bit. He doesn't have the velocity on his fastball. Hasn't had it since he went down on the injured list. We're down two. We got, we got five innings to play with. We got to, we got to pull this game out. Um, so, Game two against the Twins, that was, I think we we get blown out. I think we lose by six in that game. So, you know, that happens in baseball. I'll, I'll give that to them. Game two, that's a loser. But then we have game three, which we touched on a little bit. This is another, I think we came back five times in that game. Just absolute clutch hits. We finally, finally caught the home run bug. We get a bomb from Luis. We get a bomb from Vaughn. Um, there was one more sprinkled in there. I forgot who hit it, but it was Eloy, wasn't it? We, yeah, yeah, it was Eloy back. Good, good call. Eloy pulled it down the line, which was just awesome to see Eloy back on the south side hitting bombs. Absolutely. And, and we get Leary legend with the game winning hit <laughs> in the bottom of the 10th to, to finally just win a massive game. Cause if we lose that, we, we might be out of it. What what were your thoughts on Leary getting the game winning hit? Were you happy or was part of you thinking, now we gotta see him in the lineup for another month?
1: <laughs> it was actually kind of funny because <laughs> I just was shaking my head watching the game and my wife's like, What's what's going on? I'm like, Lurie just hit a walk-off home run to win the game. She goes, Isn't that the guy that you're always ripping on and making fun of? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm wait, like, wait, yeah. Walk
0: off, let's not give him that let's not give him that much credit. It was a walk-off
1: single. Yeah, walk-off and single. Walk-off. It doesn't matter. It's it was a game winner. And, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, that's oh just baseball God. in a nutshell, man. And you know what? Sometimes you just got to swallow your pride, shake your head, and keep moving forward. Jorge Polanco is what's been killing me. I mean, the guy the guy is like four for He's seven. He's like the Josh
0: Naylor of the Twins.
1: Yeah. Four for seven, what, six RBIs, four runs scored.
0: He hit, how, many home run, how many home runs did he hit in the series? He had two did home runs. Did he hit three? No, I he know had, he, wait, no, he, he had he, two in one game. Yeah, you're right. He had... Uh, he had three home runs total in in three games. And usually it's Buxton that kills us, which he did hit that home run in the first game. Yeah. But it was this series it was Polanco and then Luis Arise. I mean Arise just destroys us, man. That that guy it, we can't get the guy out. He he should be in the All-Star game. You you know what uh, you know what my favorite play was for Arise? was and it was it, it was after we pulled it the, the triple play, so it was in the top of 10, and the bases were loaded. Arise was on third, there was one out, and they hit a fly ball to the warning track. Arise, instead of jogging home, because he would have easily scored tagging up from third, the guy sprints home. And he sprints home knowing that his other players could have got thrown out at second and third, or third, similar to the play the Danny Mendick play if you guys if you remember that one where yeah. Mendick got thrown out at second trying to advance and he he got tagged out before Reese McGuire scored i mean that that right there to me that's what pisses me off cuz it's such like it's such an easy you you're not on the field for that long i i don't get when like the ball's in play why can't you just sprint why can't you just play the game the right way i i don't understand why you should ever jog when you literally are out of the dugout probably one time when you're you're batting and running the bases one time in a 20 minute span. I, I, explain that to me. I, I don't understand it.
1: Yeah, I mean you're a professional athlete. What's 90 feet? It's I mean you're tip top shape. You're you're out there to win. You're getting paid to perform. To me, it's a no brainer. But you know, switch switch gears to the White Sox. You get a lot of guys that are kind of have a prima donna approach at the plate. They're looking for that big home run. Instead of guys like Ari- Arias, Max Kepler, um, Polanco, even Gio Urshela, these guys are digging just to make things happen. And I think the White Sox don't have that sense of urgency at this point in the game, and that's that's the only thing that's kind of scaring.
0: the ur- The urgency thing is a great point. I mean, I, these guys are these guys have been down in the division all year, and there's no there's just no sense of urgency. I, I don't get it. Maybe it's because like you know something happens in the game where they're not getting hits and they look lifeless because they're not getting hits or just like there's demoralizing plays, but like, you know, there could be a two to one game and you could still take a look at a playoff game. You could still show life if you're in a two to one game. You know what I mean? You don't have to have the bats going in order to show some life, but speaking of two to one game. So I want to talk about, so we touched on the twins. I want to talk about the tiger series a little bit. Game one, Cease throws another gem. He gives up one run. And then we end up losing that game two to one. We, we gave up a, another run in the top of the ninth. They get the they get the insurance run, which ended up being huge because we rallied in the bottom of the ninth. But at the end of the day, if you need a rally in the bottom ninth to score three runs against the Tigers who are throwing out one of their rookie pitchers, you got a problem to begin with. Where are the bats in that situation? I mean, you can't there
1: was no bats. I mean, it was that it was that bad. Four hits, legs. We had four hits that
0: game. I mean, that's brutal, man. I think in the bottom of the ninth, we had a chance. And Jose, then we have second and third. Jose swings at one above his eyes. One no. thing after another, and then the next game, Giolito. Giolito actually pitched really good. He gets into the seventh, and we were up to nothing. He gave up that two run homer to tie it at two, and then. Bottom was, I think it was top seven. He gets two quick outs. They they put together three quick hits, and then Joe Kelly comes in and the wheels fall off. And another thing I want to touch on real quick in that game, which just killed me. So we were so they end up putting up a four spot. So we're down six to two. Did you see that play? I think it was top of eight between Angle and Robert. The fly ball between them. Did you? Catch I didn't that see one? that. No. So fly ball between Robert and Angle. Lazy fly ball, miscommunication. Luis Scrabble alligator arms. It. This is with two outs a runner on first, so that runner ends up scoring. Then it's a 7-2 to two game, and then the, the White Sox come back and rally. It would have been nice to be down four instead of five because we had an opportunity with a runner on third and less than two outs that would have been to tie instead of chasing two. But again, I mean, it's the story of the season, story of the season. Reese McGuire just struck out with a, a runner on second here. I mean, we got to get these runs in. Drew Hutchinson's shutting us down through five. I mean, uh, it's this. You get a little yesterday. We get some momentum. Johnny Cueto has just been an absolute stud. We score eight runs and then we come out and we're scoreless through five. I mean, uh, what what can you do to just get some sustained success with this team? Well,
1: you know what? Trying to take a little PMA out of this here. You know, Tigers. They swept the Indians. and then six of their next 12 games are against the Twins and the Indians. So, you know, if it, kind of roll with like a paradox approach here. Hopefully the Tigers stay hot because they're hitting the ball. And um, they, they beat up on uh, Guardians and in the Twins. And I think this next series with the Indians is going to be pivotal. We need to take three out of four. There's no way ands, or buts.
0: Yeah. Okay, so here's a question for you, Mush. Uh, we, got, we got four against the Tribe. Right, So on Monday, we got Lance Lynn on the bump. He's going against Quantrill. And then Tuesday is the doubleheader. So the doubleheader, we have Cease for one. Then I think Davis. You don't think Cueto will come in? Well, Cueto, because Cueto is going to, he'll be, no, because he needs a couple more days. He'll be game one against Minnesota, the way it's lining up now. So Cease and then Martin for that Tuesday game against Bieber or TBD. For the guardians we don't know who they're gonna throw so here if we win if we win Monday here's my question for you if we win Monday would you would you line up cease to go game one or game two in the doubleheader on Tuesday
1: so the, the uh the twins got the twins the guardians got
0: this kid Pinkleton 24 years old was drafted by the White Sox yeah Pilkington that that yeah, that we traded that was uh, Cesar Hernandez Yeah. Deal. So he's third rounder. Um he's he's probably well. he he might go actually on two, which I would like him to because he's like I think
1: he will go. Yeah, lefty young kid. Looks like he does make mistakes. Um but I would base it off of that and I would pair up if if that kid goes, Pinkleton goes, then I would throw Cease against him, especially if we took the first game okay. with Lynn and uh Quantrill. So if we win Lynn Quantrill... Um, I would pair up Cease and Pinkleton to kind of solidify okay. Solidify a split right off the bat and then hoping that we could play Yeah, because
0: you wanna you wanna Right. And then we play those last you two lock games. yourself in for a double. We play those
1: last two games and we, we go for a split to try to take three or four. Um I think we'll probably see McKenzie.
0: I so I was looking it up. I, I don't think we get McKenzie. It's the, the way that I and, and I did this right before we we set this up, and I could be wrong, but I think it's Quantrill on Monday, Bieber and TBD, probably Pilkington, like you mentioned, and then I think it's Savali. Yeah, on Wednesday, Savali which, which would be huge for us. It, it would be Savali, yeah, Savali. Yep, exactly, Savali Gio, which would be huge to not get McKenzie. We've we've been decent against McKenzie, but I'd rather for sure face Savali than McKenzie.
1: And Savali usually pretty good, but he's been struggling this year. I think he's two and five, two and six, maybe.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you make a good point. I, I, I like that a lot, actually. Mush, that's an interesting, you try to lock in, because I, I love that matchup with Cease and Pilkington. If I'm Tony La Russa, what I do is I I keep my foot on the gas, and I don't care who they're pitching, I throw Cease game one, because I want to demoralize them. I, I want to, and, and again, this is all predicated right on us winning game one in that series, and I don't know if that changes the thought process, but if we win game one, I want C's coming out game two because I want, I want our foot on their throat and I want, I want to cut off the circulation of them breathing, and th- that's what we've been missing this year. We, we've been missing the killer instinct. And then if you jump out to a two zero, that changes the whole complexion of the series.
1: Yeah, and I think the, I think the White Sox, the White Sox are favored with the with their youth, um, in their hitting style, they're favored in doubleheader games. I think it gives them some time to get loose and stretch out and. We have much more electric talent.
0: I I would say that's true, and I'd agree with you, except you forgot about one dynamic, and that's that's Tony Larusa managing the squad, where he's gonna bet Leary at third. <laughs> that was the last time we were in Cleveland. Leary, Leary batted, I think he batted third twice. Yeah, he batted third twice, and then he let off another. Are you implying that is gonna fall asleep <laughs> in the second game? I'm implying that we're gonna get a. Uh, I, I here's what I'd rather have in the second game of the doubleheader on Tuesday. I would be more comfortable than a triple A with our triple A lineup right now, or with like the Charlotte Knights lineup, than what Tony's going to throw out there because he's going to have Leary bat in second. He's going to have a Reese Ben cleanup some outrageous combination. Right? it's like, who would have on earth ever thought of that? That that's what he's going to start rolling out. But we'll see. Quick quick update in this game. Yo, with a huge clutch hit, get us within one. And then Vaughn, I thought he. T- Are you watching? Yeah. I thought. Te- I thought Andy got that one. Yeah,
1: so did I. I, I saw like, you getting a little excited. I got excited right there. It was pretty high off the bat.
0: <laughs> I. I, <laughs> I think I'm like a second ahead of you because I saw that he caught it, and then I saw your reaction because I had the same one because I. <laughs> it was one of those. I think he got a little too inside on him, but that was okay. So we got one back, which is big. We got to just we got to shut him down a little bit. I'm curious if if Tony sends Kopech back out there for the sixth which I think he's only got, like, 75 pitches, so it should be a no-brainer. But the trainers checked on Kopech in the second inning. I think something – I don't think he's 100% with the leg, so that could impact your decision. If you're Tony Larusa, Mush, what do you do right here? Are you throwing – are you are you putting Mike back out there for the sixth right now? Yeah, I'm going to put Mike back out there for the sixth. And we have a pretty fresh bullpen, right? Yeah, but
1: – yeah, I'm I'm concerned about the bullpen. I think that going into a four-game series with the Indians – I feel like I'd rather see Mike out yeah. there another another inning or two, um, and just see if we could stretch his bullpen out, so we could we could be smart and we could be uh, fully loaded for this Indians or this Guardians approach coming up.
0: Yeah, I think I I like that. I, I think you try to get Kopech for one more, especially with the doubleheader coming up. You got to he, he's back out there, so I like that. Hopefully, he doesn't have any issues in this inning. But if he gets through six here, then we have, we have Graveman and Liam ready to go today. The question is who gets the seventh? Because typically, typically that's Joe Kelly's spot. But we know we can't bring him in.
1: I would throw Kelly back out there.
0: You'd put Kelly in, yeah. In a two in a one run game, yeah. that'd be an interesting. Yeah, I I don't hate the mindset where you got to stick with them, but I don't know, man. Maybe maybe you give him an inning. In a blowout first, before you send him back out in a tight. When game. you get a
1: guy of that caliber, the only way that you're going to snap him back into shape is you're going to put him in a situation to put to, to to get back on top of the mountain, and he's got to come in, he's got to shake shake off these bad vibes, and he's got to come in and be a hero, because that's the only way that's going to get back in line, and he's going to be ready to go again.
0: Sending him down is going to demoralize the guy. Great play by Yoan just to get by as a first diving diving stop, that was a huge first out. So I I, I like that thought process, but I I, I couldn't do it right now. I, I would I I need to get I need to see at least one clean inning before I do it again because he just looks he looks so messed up mentally right now that you got to just give him an inning, give him an inning and a blowout, and if he's still struggling, I think you got to do the fake IL stint and and give him some time in AAA. You, you can't send him down. We talked about it earlier. You can't send him down because he's got a major league deal, but you can do, you could do the fake injury thing and, and give him a rehab stint. So we'll see what we decide. I, here's my guy for the seventh. I think it would be Ronaldo for this game. He's been so if Mike goes clean here for the sixth, yeah, L- Lopez, I mean, you could make an argument right now that, and we've talked about that deal that we gave up uh, Eaton for. So we got, if you remember, we got Giolito, we got Lopez, we got Dunning, and then we flipped Dunning for Lynn. So out of the three players from that deal, Giolito, Lynn, and Lopez that are on the team right now, you could argue that Lopez has been the most valuable member this year, which is wild to think about. I mean, I not that he's the most valuable member of that trade, but I think he's been, to rephrase, I think he's been the best out of that trio this year. And obviously Lynn has had the injuries, but... What are your thoughts on I that?
1: Think that uh, I think that you're spot on with that. I also think that when that deal was made, we were unsure what we were getting with Gio. We were very excited. But I think everyone was really hyped up about Raylo coming in because he had a swagger. Yep. He he had a,
0: a lot of movement on his fastballs. Um, He's throwing gas. He was throwing a hundo, which he kind of got back to that. He's, he was throwing a hundo.
1: Yeah, and I, I want to say I'm glad we held on to him because I, I think the last two or three years I was just telling it, telling you guys that we should be dealing him. We should send him somewhere else. And he's finally come through. I think he's like 27, 28. Um, but like I mentioned to you too, if if one of our guys in the rotation go down in the second half for a short stint, I would not mind seeing Raylo come in with, as like a a, a short start Tampa Bay uh, double race approach yep. where it's let's, let's get him in there for two, three innings. Like a Jalen Beeks and see what he see what he does.
0: Piece together a couple. Yeah, starts. kind of like an opener. Yeah. I I think we used him as an opener earlier. I love that we ended up winning that game too. If you go, yeah, I I like the approach. Throw Ray Low out for two innings to open the game. I, I don't know. It'd be hard to stretch him out longer than that. But I think he could easily go two. I mean, the guy we've seen him throw a complete game for the White Sox, so he can easily do that. I. I has I hesitate a little bit to go longer than that, just given that he's been in the bullpen all year. Right. Um. But yeah, I I love that idea. I I would I would for sure give give Ray Lowe some looks. Yeah, and I think to on the f- to be the opener on the flip can.
1: side, if we do put him in that uh, short starter role, um, stretch him out a little bit. Oh, we're getting change pitching change here. Um. I-
0: oh yeah, they're they're going to get who. I think, is that Lambert coming in? I think Jimmy's coming in. That's tough, because I wouldn't have thrown Lambert here, but you need to get some innings. So that that's the alternative to to not leaving Kopeck in. So I think he battled a little bit. He gave up that home run in the first to Baez, which sucked. But I think this is the right move, because he's a little... You could just tell. You, you said it earlier. You could just tell with Mike that he's not as electric as he was earlier this year. I think
1: he gets fired up for big-money games the Yankees, the Dodgers. Um, yeah. I think yeah. he yeah. loves that, that audience. And I think that's how he was raised coming up. It's like such a big prospect. He just, he, it just, it turns him on and gets him fired up. Um, I just, but he, I, I feel like he just hasn't been himself the last couple months.
0: Well, I think it was, it was ever since the injury. Yeah. You know, so hopefully, hopefully he, the all-star break gives him some time to get healthy. But he's gonna have one more start left and it's against the twins. So here okay, so we talked about the Guardian series. The last four before the break at Minnesota, which normally I would say I hate going on the road, but apparently we forgot how to base play baseball at home In Cl- sure, At Cleveland you're saying. So I'm not Well, yeah, we suck at Cleveland too. But this is so this is the last four before the All Star break at Minnesota. So we have the four game set with the twins. And here here's who we have lined up. So the first game against the Twins, Johnny Cueto. Probably our best pitcher. Well, all right, him and Cease, right, are easily the two best in the rotation. So we go Cueto, Kopek, Lynn, Cease. I mean, that's probably the four you want at this point, right? You miss Giolito. Maybe maybe I'd swap because Giolito's been better as of late. He, str- I, he couldn't get that last out yesterday, or on Friday, excuse me. But maybe it's a toss-up between him and Copec. But I like that. And you're going to probably see the Twins rotation. I don't think it matters. I just... They're throwing out Sonny Gray, they, Chris Archer, a bunch of these guys. It's They're pretty banged up, too. What, how are you feeling about that series? What, what do you think we need to do in that series against the Twins before the break?
1: I think it's going to come down to out hitting them, to be honest with you. And that's why they're throwing out yep. guys that, yeah. I mean, these are guys that we're watching pitching that were like guys that I like to watch in high school that were in the majors. You know, and they were
0: Archer, <laughs> Sonny Gray. These guys were like 25. I know. It, it's crazy. It, it, that, dude, you're a spot on. That it's like what is going on? They're they're like these journeymen, not necessarily journeymen because they were good at one point in time, but these guys that are, I mean, these are like classic White Sox moves, picking up these guys that are past their primes and they're going out and they're serviceable. Sonny Gray's been phenomenal this
1: year, and I think we're a hitting team. We need to hit. Um, I don't think we have a great defense, as we talked about our seven first baseman approach, Um, but the Twins, the Twins are just out hitting, they're out running, and out fielding everybody.
0: Yeah, outfielding Buxton is a you can't get anything past Buxton. Even
1: Kepler's good.
0: There, Kepler made a diving play. They are they're making all the plays right now, and you got to just. You, you, I, I think what you said is right. Where you, you, to overcome that, you got to out hit them, and you can't out hit them by hitting ground balls. You got to start taking some home runs, and we have the guys to do it. And it's just, it's all coming back to us for, at the plate. To these guys just not hitting the ball out of the ballpark, and it's so frustrating. I mean, Aloy gave us a little taste. Maybe Aloy starts getting going, and that's what that's what sparks us. But you made a good point too. I could see Aloy struggling a bit coming off the hamstring injury. Yeah. So I don't know, man. We'll see. Maybe maybe a move gets made. Do Do you think we've been harping on the hitting coach a little bit? Do you think there's going to be a change made to the hitting coach at any point this year or before the break? You know,
1: I'm not really sure what you know how in depth that plays a role in a, in a mid season situation. Um, you know, it's not like you're playing, it's not like you're a defensive coordinator in the NFL where you could like bring in your own scheme. You're talking about adjusting guys that have been hitting a certain way their whole lives. Um, and I think it would be kind of more of a mind fuck to these guys having a new hitting coach come in in the middle of the season to
0: try to make something happen. That, that would be tough. Cause you're kind of, it's kind of like golf, right? You know, it's like, you can't play. You can't play eighteen, or I'm sorry. You can't play eighteen, right? And then on the ninth hole, just get a new golf coach in there and start and start swinging it. Have a different swing for the back nine. I mean, that's clearly not going to work. All right. I mean, that's fair. That's. I think that's a that's a probably a more reasonable mindset than mine right now because I'm just so frustrated.
1: Back to the Eloy situation. Yeah. Go
0: ahead. Um. You know, I see a
1: correlation between Eloy and the lineup, and then the, like some of our other big bats kind of just falling into play and, and seeing their full potential because I feel like it's a domino effect where you have Eloy and Luis Robert. The pressure comes off of him to, to be like the young gun. And then Abreu feels like, hey, if Luis isn't hitting, I got to continue my my push here is, is the kind of the mainstay of the White Sox. And I just think that Eloy yeah. comes in and sets the tone. Whether Eloy's hitting or not, I feel like he is, he is a presence out there and he's another big bat that the pitchers have to worry about in the lineup, and that really helps out our other the mental approach
0: with our other big bats. Yeah, I I think there's a lot of truth to that. It gives your lineup more length for sure. It, it gives it gives the opposing pitcher something to think about. You yeah. know what I mean? So I I agree. So okay, here's a question for you. We got. And not counting this game, we're, we're currently top six, two on, two out for the Tigers. We need Jimmy to get out of this. This is huge because we we need this game before going to Cleveland. So, not counting this game, next eight, four on the road in Cleveland, four on the road in Minnesota. Give me one pitcher and one hitter that are going to step up for the White Sox. I'm putting you on the spot here. <sighs> I did I did this, which oh, Jimmy just hit him. We have bases, juice, not good. Not good. We got to get out of this one. But so I did this with Schwab before the fifteen game stretch. He said Luis Robert. I said Jose. We only did hitters, but I, I want I want a hitter from you and I want a pitcher.
1: I, I think we're gonna see Dylan Cease in both both series. I think he's gonna bring in two two big wins, um, and I think we're gonna see Eloy turn it up to that next level where. We're going to be very excited about the All-Star break and uh, what's ahead of the All-Star break.
0: I like that. Dylan and Aloy, you can't go wrong there. I think Dylan's been rock solid. And then Aloy, he's he's probably the spark that we need who's been hurt and back in the lineup. So who, here's who I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with at the bump, keep it rolling. Johnny says Johnny Cueto, the guy's been unconscious. I think he keeps it rolling. I think he keeps it rolling before the All-Star break. And he he's been the guy really keeping us in this thing, um, and then at the dish I'm gonna go Sebi Zavala the revelation, and here's why I say Sebi. <laughs> so Grandal's in Double A, I think he he actually went yard the other day at Birmingham on his rehab stint, so he's gonna be up soon probably after the All Star break.
1: If he didn't go, if he didn't go yard in Triple A ball, I would be very worried. So I'm glad that we got that out of our way. <laughs>
0: Well, you got you to gotta remember that he's been a rusty, right? So it's a good sign he's getting some power back. He'll have some fresh legs. But I think Sebi and Reese are both out of options. So when, when Grandel comes back, one of those guys, unless you keep three catchers, which I guess is a possibility for a little bit, one of those guys got to go. So who, who is it between Sebi and, and Reese? I think Sebby's going to make that push where he's going to be irreplaceable. Because of how hot he's been at the dish, and then I think Reese is the odd man out. What what do you think? Who who would you who would you keep between those two guys? Because obviously you got to keep Yaz.
1: Yeah, I think I think you're spot on. I think that Sevi has been in this position before, and he's thinking ahead, and he knows that that decision's going to come come to come to the the desk of Tony Larusa, and Sevi's playing right now for that decision, and I think that's why he's fired up, and I think. I think, Seve, I think Reese is going to get sent down. They're going to have to DFA him,
0: right? Well, yeah, right, exactly. Right. And then if somebody's going to pick him up. I, I think you actually trade one of those guys then because they both have value. Both, oh, what a huge strikeout. Reese is pumped. Ooh, Jimmy getting him outside on a, I think that was a slider. Huge pitch by Jimmy. I mean, that fires you up. Let's go, let's get the W. Bottom six, we're trailing one, two to one. We could get some momentum going. Could they league.
1: deal, could they deal, gr-
0: Grandell. No, I I don't I don't think that's an option. I, I think we have two more years after this. With Yaz. I think you gotta stick with Yaz. I mean it's it's a question, I think it's a fair question with how bad he's been. But here's the thing like he's gotta we, we owe him a ton of money, right? He's been terrible. I don't know how much value you could get with him. And when he's on, he's one of the best catchers in the game. So I think you gotta stick with Yaz. And then you know, before the Yaz injury, if you remember, Reese caught more innings than Yaz. Yeah. So you flip that with Sebi, you don't really lose that much at the plate. Because Reese, very clear, he's a, he's a fielding first catcher. So I I, I think it, it hurts much less when you could split Grandal and Sebi. You don't lose nearly as much at the dish. So so that's what I'm going with. I'm excited to see how we finish off next week before the break. The sense of urgency, man. You said Absolutely. it. Absolutely. This now's the time. We we got the AL Central. We somehow we went two and our four in our last six against the Twins and the Tigers. Terrible start to this fifteen game stretch, and we're still only five back. I say it every time around on the podcast. We're either four and a half, five, or five and a half back, somehow, some way. It's like it's groundhogs day, and <laughs> that's fine with me for how bad we've been playing.
1: Collectively, all three of three of us have been saying since day one that if we could be within five games back going into the second half, you know, we're in a great position because I'd rather get hot in the back half than do what we did last year. And we just came out guns blazing and everyone thought that the White Sox were here to stay for the next like 10 years. And we were, it was a, it was a tough letdown, even though we did get into the playoffs, we made a, we made a little noise. Um, I think it's everything in this game is contagious from what I've, how I've played it, how I've seen it, growing up watching the Sox, um, and getting hot in the second half and carrying that momentum is the way to go, and that's for all professional sports. I mean, look at these guys in the NFL too. Yeah, you know
0: these guys get hot in the. In, in, yeah, in these, it's a team that gets right. hot in the playoffs. Absolutely, yeah. it's so true. And la- last year was so frustrating because not only did we take our foot off the gas, we went neutral, man. We just like stopped trying, and not that we went to stop trying because we still won like half the games, but. We just had so much more potential to do better things. And maybe maybe this is the approach that works. We'll see. I mean, I, I would just be happy getting to the playoffs <laughs> first and then seeing what happens and rolling the dice there. But okay, so so we're gonna close it out today. I enjoyed the impromptu session to to talk some White Sox baseball for the live game. We we gotta we gotta come back and win this thing. It's bottom six. We're down two one with two out. We're gonna we're going to finish this up and then we're going to watch a a white Sox winner and we're going to head to Cleveland and we're going to be happy. So that's going to kick us off with our, our closing PMA sesh mush. Give me some thoughts. I I want some PMA going into the break here. Well, I think my big, my big player coming out in the second half is going to be
1: Mr. I'm pulling the sheets over my eyes, Gavin sheets and hoping that no one and hoping (laughs) no one shits the bed in the second half because I think his bat's going to come alive And he'll be batting three-hole by August.
0: Yes, I think so. Oh, man. Well, you know what my favorite part about yesterday was? When Gavin sat 3-0 and he just smoked that fastball opposite way for the three-run bond. That set the tone for the day. Gavin, we've talked about it. Gavin... Instead with a little stint in triple A, came back, and he's been hot. He's he's had some humongous hits, especially in the games that we've been winning. So It's his patience. Gavin, keep going with it. His patience at the dish. Yeah. I I'm a He's a I'm lefty a too, right? Yeah. We need some of those left-handed hitters. Sheets! Dude, did Sheets just go yard? Boom, baby. Did Sheets go yard? Gavin Sheets tied it up during the During the PMA section. Oh, look at that, you called man. it, baby. You called it. I'm Gavin Sheets Vegas. ties his baby up
1: i'm going to vegas holy shit! <laughs> pulling the sheets are over our eyes baby. are you kidding me down and dirty <laughs>
0: all right that's what we needed tie this game that's up. that's my pma right bottom there. six two to two that's your pma all right man we're gonna close this this bad boy up gavin sheets taking us home that's what we needed next time we chat we're gonna be we're gonna be three out we'll get you next time